0: Welcome to Corazon Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Mario Peshev. Mario Peshev is the CEO of Devrix, Rush, and Growth Shuttle. Devrix is a global WordPress agency serving industries from publishing to fintech, healthcare, e commerce, and more. Peshev focuses the majority of his time on running his businesses and leading distributed tech teams at Devrix of 50 plus people crafting high-scale WordPress solutions optimized for revenue. He is a core contributor to the WordPress project, an inbound certified marketer, and a multidisciplined business owner with a wide scope of skills. Well, good afternoon, Mario. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brian. You're absolutely welcome. And this is just awesome. Get to traverse the globe, right? Uh, Normally I do a lot of podcasts in the United States, but I've done 40 countries and, and now we get to speak to somebody out of Eastern Europe. So that is just awesome. Thank you again, Mario, for again, joining at such a time in the day. I know it's sometimes it's challenging. Mario, we're going to just jump right into the questions so we can get your story started. First things first, you've got quite a career as a software engineer you're a brand ambassador, advisor, chief technology officer. Now you've got your plate full as a CEO of Devrix and Rush and Growth Shuttle. A lot going on there for sure. Maybe you could share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you?
1: Most definitely. First off, more than happy to represent Bulgaria uh, in this time. And, you know, Greetings to everyone from our side of the globe as well. Back to your original question. Yes, I run multiple companies. I'm also an angel investor for a dozen more. What's driving me is really my passion for learning. I often refer to myself as a learnaholic. And that's what I'm really passionate about. I can't really dive into something unless I fully understand how it works. You know, anything behind the scenes, and um, you know, deep down to the the tiniest little detail. And considering my background in engineering, I always try to tackle the the hardest, the most complicated problems. And that's kind of how I ended up uh, extrapolating that and zooming out and uh, started my first business about 13 years ago. Then co-founding other businesses, and now simultaneously running several companies at the time. Really learning is what drives me. And especially in a kind of tough economy that we are living in right now, learning and just being, trying to stay at the top 1% of whatever you do is a great way to to just stay ahead of everyone's game and be competitive, no matter if the times are good or bad.
0: That's awesome. Thank you. And you're very, it's, your story is very inspiring. It gets a lot of people Really, some hope, you know, looking at your background and what you've done, it does inspire others to do, especially in this type of economy, which again, we're going to switch gears and talk about that a little bit. Mario, in your recent article on Martic series, you talk about the next challenge for business leaders. We've got soaring inflation, a looming large recession, layoffs. Could you highlight a couple of the items that you wrote about mitigating some of these risks in this tough economy?
1: Sure. So, Kind of back to my story for a a brief moment. I digress for a moment, but hope that's fine. So just launching a business and and trying to work in the business first uh, gets to a point where you grow enough, When you start to delegate and outsource and work with more people. And then you need to understand the mechanics of how the business world works. And the way that business works is really driven by the macroeconomy. This is why I'm spending a good chunk of my time actually understanding how the stock market is going, what the Fed is doing, anything related to to modern trends, such, such as the great resignation, quiet quitting, and everything that has been happening over the past few years, especially with the pandemic, hopefully now behind us. But this is kind of the reason why I'm spending a lot of time on that and kind of my my piece of advice for anyone in the business world is, even if it's still not top of mind of you, for you, even if you're not really specializing in politics or economics, I really urge you to, to spend at least you know a day a week or spend some time over the weekend to understand how the economy works. This is giving a great perspective, giving you a head start and, and helping you kind of understand what's happening in the global scene and then how is this probably going to impact you there are lots of kind of political plays in mind including the layouts that you mentioned Brian yourself many of them are driven by pr or by the investment landscape and and other factors that are not necessarily related to profitability of a business alone you know the pressure from stakeholders the pressure from the board and everything else is also driven by media being one of the key powers out there and that's why You know, I try to spend a sufficient amount of time just understanding this place because each and every one of our businesses is contingent on on how the market economy goes. As to my piece for Martech series, I outlined some of the key factors going on and kind of what's happening over the next few months. But if I have to sum up two of them, I would say that the two strategic pieces of advice are focusing on recurring revenue as best as possible and also focusing on horizontal scaling. Recurring revenue in itself is uh, fairly straightforward. We need to figure out how to maximize as best as possible generating recurring revenue in our business and transitioning our one-off plans, regardless of whether you're selling services or products, to a more recurring revenue basis, be it a subscription, a membership, if you're in D2C, probably quarterly packages or monthly packages, or anything else that's going to drive a higher Average order value first and higher lifetime value for your customers. The better you can ensure that your business is driven by uh, long-term lifetime value, the more successful you're going to be and the more resilient your business is going to be. And the other aspect is scaling your staff in a horizontal manner. Now, over the past few years, overhiring was fairly traditional and fairly common, And the way to kind of combat that now with all the layoffs with companies hiring, uh, companies firing, you know, 10, 20, 30% of their staff, the Twitter even hired probably 75% of their staff is understanding that some people are going to do different jobs. Some people are going to fill out for other folks who are no longer employed. So training your staff to be more, you know, multi disciplined and being able to wear different hats is extremely powerful. Because this way you can create fractional jobs within your own business and allow people to take, you know, wear two or three different hats at a time, retain these people, save your business and save their jobs as well.
0: Thank you, Mario. I appreciate that. You've touched on several points there, but obviously that some of that diversification that you just mentioned is great. But also people do need to get into the economics and the politics a little bit to understand how things are shifting and how you can really avoid some of these pitfalls. So I appreciate that. And we're going to stay on that thread, Mario. What do you see in the next 18 months that will bring in this globally connected economy? This is
1: really hard to predict right now. We spend more or less every single day trying to find out what's the Fed planning to do. Is there another interest rate hike? Is it going to stay flat? What's happening with the TCE and other indices out there? So it's more or less gambling at this point. But in terms of my personal opinion, the way I see that is the recession is going to last for about another year or so. Uh, I would say the next 10 to 16 months is probably going to be kind of tough economical stance. Now on the bright side, I believe that this winter season or at least Q4 is going to be better and is going to give us a breath of fresh air just because Q4 is traditionally the strongest shopping season, holidays, and you know, a lot of different events happening near the end of the year. So personally, what I'm preparing for is a slower summer and probably a slower. August and September as well, and then trying to max out uh, as best as possible the remainder of the year, the last two or three months. Q4 again is traditionally stronger; it's been strong enough even during the pandemic, even during the previous recession. So hopefully, we can kind of recover slowly, and then also prepare for a slower Q1 because it's also traditionally slower for most businesses out there. Now, the reason I believe this is going to be this is going to represent the next year is the Fed is most likely going to increase the interest rates once again, and the unemployment rates are still too low. Now, I'm not saying that people should be unemployed, but the way the Fed is reacting to the market is you know, waiting for a recession to happen, and unemployment rate is one of the key factors to establish a recession. Additionally, interest rates right now are still over 4%, and we're aiming for about 2% on average in order to normalize. So there are at least two factors that are going to determine the direction of interest rates and everything else happening on the market. So this is why I believe the next few months are going to be a little tough. Winter is going to be slightly better than probably a few extra slower months at the beginning of the year. And if that prediction, if that forecast stays the same, we're probably going to see a flat or slightly growing summer and then a stronger winter season as businesses tend to recover.
0: Thank you. And I know uh, your background is in software engineering and you do a lot of stuff around development, but you are very well versed in the economy. And, and I appreciate your insights on that. That's very, very helpful. So I hope that you're partially wrong and that the economy turns around faster. But okay. but uh, thank you for that. And I, I think you're you've probably hit the nail on the head. So, uh, Mario, thank you. Last question, Mario, of the day, you're obviously leveraging some of that new and emerging technologies in your business. We talk about that on our platform. Is there anything you might be able to share with us today?
1: in terms of technology i would say that ai is definitely bringing a fresh change now almost everyone's talking about ai nowadays and the topic is beaten to that for the most part but there's definitely a lot of additional use and more services introduced on top of both openai's chat gpt and other Replicated services such as Google's bar, for example, now Amazon are launching AI, other tools like, let's say, Notion, Asana, and like everyone else introducing AI as well. And that's kind of contributing to, to better performance, better efficiency, better productivity across the board. Now, I don't believe that AI is going to replace jobs per se, but it's definitely going to facilitate and make some jobs easier. So great operators. Are going to be extremely successful in just leveraging the power of AI for condensed industry research, for more topical ideas, for in, uh, interpreting data and so forth. And now, in addition to traditional systems that we know of, there are nowadays hundreds of different services processing GPT content and images and creatives and facilitating different businesses. I've seen great tools used in real estate, in interior design, in development as well, in lots of different procedures procedures that are increasing productivity across the board. So making sure we catch up on the AI is uh, one thing I would definitely recommend. And on a less technological standpoint, I would say that uh, improving your processes and revising your workflows internally. I believe now it's a great time to do that, right? We are used to scaling faster and harder over the past few years. Nowadays, uh, we tend to see more layoffs and hiring freezes. So in this time and age, it's best to see what's working and what isn't. Is there a better way to optimize internal workflows? Are there any steps that we can probably combine or bypass? Are there any steps that we can automate for or, or completely outsource and make the most out
0: of that? Awesome. Thank you. And again, giving some great pieces of advice for those that are in this working economy, gig economy, or your business owner. So thanks again, Mario. Thanks again
1: for having me. It was a pleasure and definitely hope that, you know, you're right and the economy is going to rectify sooner than I expect.
0: Bye for now.